Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We are your hosts today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. So we got a free agent frenzy episode for you guys. Last week, we were just talking about Alex Debrinkat. Things are all different because Claude Giroux is in Ottawa now as well. So, you know, we're going to keep you updated on if anything else happens because Nazem Kadri still out there. Andre Palat's still out there. John Klingberg. Uh, Ryan Strom literally just got signed to Anaheim. So things are still very fluid. If you want to get in on the Monday mocks, you can follow the links in the Fantasy Hockey Discord, and you can follow us on Twitter at FHF Hockey if you want to. How's that mock going? It's working this time. Fantastic. Uh, I talked to the fan tracks people, and they're aware of what's up, and they're fixing it. And so far, it's so good. We're in round eight, and uh, I hate my team already, so that's good. So <laughs> what you get for picking first overall. All right. Based on everything that's happened, overview of today, who do you think won free agency? Who do you think lost? What are your like big takeaways? Ottawa just keeps getting better and better and better. Couldn't agree more. Ottawa looks like the winner here. Yeah, they traded to acquire Cam Talbot too. So not even a you know free agency pickup, but that was a really, really good move by Pierre Dorian. They could absolutely make the playoffs, you know? best case scenario but like they could legitimately make the playoffs after being kind of the worst for a while this is not a bad team i don't think like i mean your top six is kachuk norris batherson to brinkett stutzla shrew it's not bad at all they went from having a top line plus stutzla to now having a super fucking legit top six Four out of those six are all super young, so an extra year is a big deal, right? Like, Man, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good team. I, I didn't think they would get this good this fast. I think we all thought they'd get good eventually, but they really put it into high gear here. I can't remember a more fun free agency day than this one. This one was it felt like just monumental. It was huge. There were big names flying to new places. You know, Johnny Gaudreau headlining this one. I think the stories of the day, at least for me were Kemper going to Washington. Big one. I will say I like the Kraken more and more. <laughs> That's your guy, Burkowski. You know what I think was kind of underrated? Mason Marchman going to Dallas. Yeah. I love that That's move. Good move. I love that. Man, I love that. And not like a like big, huge name like jo- Johnny Goudreau. But like, man, I think that was a solid move on his part. And I, I like that move. I think it's going to work out for both. I think Steve Eiserman had a day today again. You know Ben Sherratt that could that could blow up in your face, but David Perron, Dominic Kubalik, Andrew Kopp, adding three top six forwards to your core. You know already shoring up the goalie situation during the draft, and Stevie Y is having a really good off season right now. I think he should get GM of the year already, and the season hasn't started yet. Like, <laughs> well, it's between him and Dorian at this point. Like Ottawa and Detroit, come on, these are two incredible teams who do you guys have as the biggest loser because i think i have my team and i and i have my team that's you know supposed to be a legit contender and i think they made a step back today uh either vegas or philadelphia 
I would assume you're talking about Toronto. Philly's not supposed to be a legit contender. They needed they needed to get Goudreau. Fletch came out. He said he said we weren't even in on Johnny Goudreau. Like he he couldn't make uh, a JVR trade happen, which scares the hell out of me because how expensive does it need to be for Chuck Fletcher to be saying no? Yeah, it had to be pricey. I think it was Carolina though. You think so? I think Carolina in the last couple of days has gotten worse. Carolina, that is a hot, hot Whoa. take. Yeah, I was about to. I no, 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 Raj. Let's let let's hear him out here. Because Carolina added Brent Burns, Max Pacioretty, Andre Kasha, Zach saying they're worse. I don't like it. I get the Mac the match Pacioretty thing, but oftentimes he's been hurt lately. The Brent Burns, I I am not in on the Brent Burns thing. So they got off of Tony D'Angelo. They're paying Brent Burns roughly $5 million a year. So this is the way I see it. So he gets paid $8 million a year. San Jose is keeping 33% of that. They're paying 33% of his contract. So it's like they're paying him $5 million a year, which is what they, you know, what Tony D'Angelo wanted. Tony D'Angelo is only uh, 26. Brent Burns is what, 35 at least? How old is Brent Burns? I think you're pretty close. He's at least 35, if not if not older. So you're paying the same amount of money for a Brent Burns, and you're just hoping that you get Brent Burns' production. Now, I know that like defensemen in the NHL can, can stay a little bit longer, but dude, he's on the decline, and you had a 26-year-old, and you're paying this guy the same amount of money on top of the fact that they lost Trocheck. Yeah. Lost Trocheck. I think that is big. He was like a backbone of that team. Like he really was. He was like the heart and soul of that team. Trocheck leaving and going to New York is fucking huge. So, yes, I think Carolina took a step back, not only in the locker room, but just in general. That that 2C spot that Trocheck had is definitely a glaring weakness right at this point. You can't say that nothing I say makes you know, you can't say I make no sense. You started to make sense when you started talking about not getting Trocheck. I don't know. I kind of like Brent Burns. And this is what I'm going to be wrestling with this all offseason. Like, does Brent Burns bounce back? You know, he's going to a good team, high offensive output. His decline, his shot share plummeted the second if, um, Eric Carlson came to the team. So I wonder if Brent Burns, on his own, running his own power play, being the offensive defenseman, I wonder if he thrives in that kind of situation. I wonder if he finds himself again. And he's 37, by the way, so he is older. His shots went down when Carlson showed up and his assists went down when Pavelski left, right? Yeah. I wonder if it's just a matter of insulation. That even helps my argument out more. I think he's going to have a pretty good year. You have a 37-year-old defenseman on a three-year contract till he's 40. The fuck? I can't. I like. I, I, I'm sorry. I can't do it. For only $5 million. Uh, Vegas, clear losers today. They gave up Pacioretty for nothing to Carolina. Uh, since we're in Carolina, let's talk about so what they've done up front. Max Pacioretty joining the team. It's just, it's nothing but tough luck for Andrei Sveshnikov, who just cannot catch a break to break out. But you have to imagine that top line is going to be Pacioretty, Aho, and Teravainen. And then Sveshnikov, maybe Kotkaniemi, maybe Jordan Stahl, whoever the 2C is there. You're looking at Seth Jarvis inside the top six still. Pacioretty, sure as shit, going to get top power play time. Brent Burns as well. Probably bumping Seth Jarvis out at this point. Yeah, they added a lot of shots, hey, between Burns and Patches. That's like 600 shots. That's what Dundon wanted to do today. He said he wanted we want to fix our power play. 
which they did with Burns, who's an amazing power play specialist, has been in the past. Pacioretty, same lines. Those are two good additions, but your second line center, if it's Jesperi Kakanyemi, you're you're going to have some problems here. You're hurting. You're hurting. You're hurting down the middle. And I like Nietzsche's too, but he hasn't really proven anything to me about whether he can consistently be a top six forward. Yeah, it's tough. Right now, I got to put Jarvis ahead of him in the depth chart. I think Nietzsche's moves down a little bit onto the third line. I'm curious. Do you guys like Pacioretty here? Let, let's say, you know, perfect world. He he winds up playing 82 games, as, as unlikely as that is to happen. But, like, what do you think about Pacioretty here versus Pacioretty, you know, with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone? Potentially, I mean, obviously, Jack Eichel would have been huge for him, but they couldn't keep him. You know, they had to make a, a cap move. So, Carolina, Pacioretty, what's your take? I'm okay with the patches because I think that Ajo is going to have a fine time, you know, deferring to him on the shot. Ajo isn't the, you know, flashy, in-your-face superstar. He's somebody that wants to, you know, make the team better and win games. Now, if that's going to happen with him getting more assists and not getting as many goals, I think that that's feasible. I think it'll be a good thing for Patches and maybe a bad thing for Ajo as far as goal production goes. Raj? Yeah, I kind of agree. I think team-wise, it's great. But uh, you'll probably see Ajo with more assists. Like he's been putting up some decent goals. I think they'll probably go down to maybe around, you know, down to about 30 or so. But I think he'll probably get some assists. I think overall it'll be a wash for him. One thing that will be good now, maybe with patches, he won't have that kind of, you know, I need to be the guy that's out there getting all the points. Like I need to spur this team. He might have, you know, somebody else on his on his wing that's not just Tara Vinen. And, you know, better than a Seth Jarvis, that'll be able to, you know, take a little of that weight off. Yeah, you got two threats now on that top line. Teravine, great playmaker. He's he's always pretty much feasted on assists here. So he's going to be able to feed Pacioretty. He's going to be able to feed Ajo. I mean, 30 goals each is, is kind of what I'm thinking. So Ajo might not be a 40-goal scorer, but I think they're pretty much both locks for 30. Pacioretty, definitely getting top line, top power play time. That's easy enough to see. In Vegas, man, who who's top line left wing there? Is it Johnny Marcheseau? Is it? Well, I think uh, Marcheseau had some good chemistry with Eichel, didn't he? Yeah. So I think they'll probably keep that together. They've had a weird top six for a bit. Oh, I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. Sorry. Who are you taking? Who are you taking, Raj? Uh, it's round twelve. And I got to take a goalie, so I'm going to go with putting my eggs in the Cam Talbot basket. Everyone's already making fun of me for my Ooh. Ottawa. I just love Ottawa, man. I can't. Uh... <laughs> I actually, I, I think that was a good pickup by Ottawa, too. Fuck yeah. He's going to play so many games. I have fucking Matt Murray on. Oh, you got Sam Sonoff, too. And we'll get there for sure. That's ridiculous. Um, it's upsetting. I don't know. Maybe maybe Chandler Stevenson can play left wing inside the top six. You got Willie Carlson um, as a second line center. Eichel obviously on the top line. But, uh, you know, things are going to be fluid there. At first thought, you got to think it's Marcheseau on the top line with Eichel and Stone. So for me, Marcheseau is winning that one big. It's good for his value. He was, one, he was the other guy that was uh, doing fine when Vegas was kind of eating shit at the end of the year there so i think he'll be he'll be in good shape and for fantasy he's, he's so great because he does everything right like shoots yeah. a ton when he when he can hits a ton like my favorite 12th round pick yeah yeah i like him he's awesome anaheim they add uh frank vetrano ryan strome 
not sure what to make of their lineup here. I mean, Zegras, I'm guessing he's the top line center. Ryan Strom, maybe 2C there. New York added uh, Vincent Trocek, so their 2C is pretty solid. But this this top six, maybe Mason McTavish moves to the wing. Uh, Silverberg bumps down because you got Vitrana, who's another top six forward here. I don't know. I, you know, Adam Henrique, Travers Zegras, Troy Terry, Vitrano, Strom, Silverberg, maybe McTavish. But uh, what do you guys think? Is there anything there? I, I think we're going to be talking about these guys a lot as streamers this year, you know, in 12 team redrafts. But, mm-hmm. you know, off the bat, I just, I would be more interested, I think, in Ryan Strom than Frank Vitrano. Yeah. And I think like, Zegris will probably go above value in most drafts just because he's flashy as hell and everybody loves him and he's he's good, but the team doesn't excite me looking at the whole lineup together. Like I'm not expecting much out of Anaheim this year, so I think you're right with the, the streamer assessment. I mean, I'm not ex- expecting much out of them either, but I mean, I don't hate the lineup. It is kind of a bunch of middling guys. Now, I think, you know, Zegris will be, you know, a hold this year, and I like Ryan Strom. But I mean, you still have Troy Terry. Yeah, he went. He went off. He's not just a flash in the fucking pan, dude. I'll be fine with having Troy Terry on my team now. Do I think that he's going to have the same year that he had last year? Likely, it's going to be a little bit of a drop off because it was a big spike in production. But I mean, I don't hate the team. It's a solid second line, a decent first line. Uh, you know, you wonder if you have Henrique there. I don't really like that. I'd rather have Comtois, but. At the end of the day, it's not horrible. Yeah. But yeah, a lot more streamers, especially, you know, your Vetranos, your Henriques. We'll see where McTavish lands. He's definitely a streamer. I'm not drafting McTavish. They're still in on Palat. I think Palat looks a lot better there than Henrique on the top line. So they have a lot of money to work with. I think they're still under the floor. Like even adding Ryan Strom, I think they're still under the floor by quite a bit. So Andre Palat just makes sense at this point. All right, Arizona added Patrick Nemeth, Nick Bugstad, whatever. Boston, some interesting moves. They they trade Arakala to the New Jersey Devils for Pavel Zaka. I don't think there's a ton of value there. David Krejci coming back, Zach. How stoked are you for that? It's not official yet. It's not official. I'm pretty stoked. Like, I don't like to get, like, up. I don't like to get a little too high <laughs> because every time I get a little too high, I get, you know, shot down and disappointed that's what she said you guys know how much i love david krejci so like yeah i'm not you know upset about it yeah top six coming back to normal uh patrice bergeron still nothing official uh the same way but we're looking at a pretty normal looking boston top six here so uh buffalo added a bunch of d-men today Ilya labushkin a bunch of uh good d prospects kale clay jeremy davies chase prisky you know, more dynasty implications than anything. Kel Clay gets another chance. Same with the other guys who were not extended qualifying offers. Carolina, we kind of already breezed over. You know, over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing our team previews. Well, actually, divisional previews. So we're not doing 32 episodes in 32 days. Not again. <laughs> been there, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. Hurt. All right. Next up is Columbus, who waited until the 11th hour got Johnny Goodrow. Oh, I did not see that one coming. Johnny Goodrow left money on the table in Calgary to come to Ohio and play hockey. Which is yeah. odd. Yeah, the which is that's kind of weird. I was really surprised that Columbus is what he chose to go with. And like said, hey, 
Calgary, I'm not going to be back. It is confirmed that Columbus is closer to where Johnny grew up than Calgary. I, I, I hear he just wanted to be closer to his family. What is going to be interesting to watch here is um, Columbus Blue Jackets have just under $3.2 million of cap space, and they have yet to sign Patrick Laine. So I was I was so incredibly stoked for Johnny Gaudreau's you know eighty assists and and Patrick Liney's fifty goal upside to to butt heads and watch that for the rest of the season, but now that might not be the case. So we'll see what happens with Patrick Liney. There's a couple avenues they can go. They can trade Gustav Nyquist. They can trade Voracek. But again, I like the idea of Voracek feeding Oliver Bjorkstrand all year. So. I don't know. Jarmo Kekleinen has had himself yet another awesome offseason. And uh, I'm just, I'm really curious how he's going to finish this one off. But I want to hear what you guys think of Johnny Gaudreau in Columbus. Love it. Ugh. Yeah. Well, if he has line A, if he has line A, I love it. If he doesn't, I hate it. It's that simple. Like, yeah. Um, if he doesn't have line A, who's, who's he passing to? Who's their fucking top line center? Is it Boone Jenner? Is it Cole Sillinger? Jack, R- Jack Roslavic. Jack Roslavic. <laughs> That's tough. Come on! What you're excited about, Jack Roslavic being your your guy in the middle? No, I'm not excited about that. Jack Roslavic can't win a fucking faceoff. Don't don't draft him in a faceoff league because he is horrible. I wouldn't uh, draft him in any kind of league, but I I don't mind it. Like I said, if if you've got Johnny Goudreau with Patrick Line, that is potentially like a match made in heaven and they're potentially going to play like 23 minutes a night because they have nobody else. So, I mean, I guess they have Boone Jenner and Cole Sillinger and Sean Corrali. I don't like the way you said Boone Jenner there because that's my money for, for one C I'm taking that personally. He was, he was sneaky last year. I did hang on to him a lot, but that's gotta be the guy. I don't really look to him to be on a line like Line and Goudreau, though. Like, I like when they had that sort of that beefy line together in Columbus with Jenner. Listen, I know, you know, Patrick Line hits here and there, but he's not an enforcer. He's not a guy that you don't fuck with. And Boone Jenner, he'll drop him. He'll drop the gloves. Jack Roslavic, probably not. Johnny Gaudreau, five foot nine. You know, you got to protect your guy. Boone Jenner can win those faceoffs that Jack Roslavic can't. Um, you know, he's got the resume for it. I, I think it's got to be Boone Jenner. So, you know, I'm, I'm planting my flag right now. Boone Jenner, you know, if if no other moves get made, Boone Jenner is probably the one C there between Patrick Line, you know, with an asterisk if he gets signed and Johnny Gaudreau. And if not, you're looking at Bjorkstrand on the other side. So that's great for our boy. Like, and that's what I mean. I don't mind that top line if that's the top line. I think Jenner is probably the better center for that line for sure. But I think Line and um, and Johnny Hockey would uh, are going to put up points if they get a chance. They went out and signed Eric Goodbranson for some money, and now they can't sign Patrick Line. That's going to be tough to swallow. That's weird. You're going to have to get rid of a, a Nyquist or someone like that. And I mean, you're right about Voracek. I, I would rather him be on the team, but that's a big hit on the cap. Fucking A, yeah. That's tough. Voracek makes a lot more money than you guys think, boys. 8.25, right? It's tough. That shit's tough. Um, all right. Johnny Gaudreau, this this is not the same offense that he's going to be used to from Calgary, so that's kind of tough. I think he might take a personal hit in his totals. You know, I would have bet on regression had he stayed in, in Calgary, but um, I'm thinking it's going to be a little more pronounced 
in Columbus. You know, they're still on their way up. A lot of really good pieces in the pipeline and things like that. But this is not a team that's stacked top to bottom. And Calgary wasn't either, but they had a top six. They had a top power play that was set in stone that didn't have like Boone Jenner on it, I guess is kind of what I'm getting at, you know, on the top power play. Um, definitely excited about what what's happening in the Metro and the Metro once again gets better. Everybody except the Flyers. Um, we, I, I'm done with the Flyers, man. I'm done. I don't even want to be around anymore. I don't know. What, what, what's your take on Johnny Gaudreau? Point per game, over under, 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 eh? Over on point per game. I'll take the. I'll take the under. I'll be that guy. I'll be Mister Glass half full. Under on his last season, but over point per game. Oh yeah, I'll take the under on last season for sure too. I think I might go over for point per game, but uh, it's going to be tough. I want to wait and see what happens with Patrick Liney there. I think Johnny is going to have a pretty high IPP this year. <laughs> He's going to be on the ice a lot. And it's he's going to be in on every friggin' offensive move that takes place, I think. In Calgary, you don't have Johnny Gaudreau anymore. So your your top line, you know, right now is going to be Kachuk, Lindholm, Toffoli, or Mangiapane, or Blake Coleman. There's some culmination of that. But uh, the $10 million that they didn't spend on Johnny Gaudreau, they can spend it now on, you know, let's say an Andre Pilat. They could flirt with the idea of Nazem Kadri if they wanted to. So there's a little bit of freedom there for them to keep doing this lineup a little bit. But right now, Kachuk, Lindholm, Toffoli. Toffoli is your winner there. Whoever gets that top line spot, if it's Coleman, it's Coleman. So watch those lines in uh, in preseason. Well, you know what the, the big rumor is around here, obviously, after last year is J.T. Miller is going to Calgary now. But according to Twitter, JT Miller has been traded like 75 times in the past two months. Yeah. And uh, the Canucks just came out and said, we're not trying to trade him again. <laughs> Calgary has money, man. Yeah, they do now. They do now. Be interesting to see because after like getting their shit back together last year, and then the main reason for everything coming back together was Johnny Hockey getting his shit back together. And now he's gone. So like that, I feel like that's a big disruption to that team's step forward this year i think old maddie maddie kachuk unless he gets a a really nice replacement i think he's going to take a big hit this year i'm not too worried about lindholm he's always awesome but maddie kachuk's going to go down pretty significantly i I think yeah you got to imagine that uh you know all that offense creation is missing from everybody's totals next year so we'll see how they supplement what they do to bring people in Andre Plot would be a lot of fun, but I also think Kadri would be there. Maybe they can move Backlund to the wing somehow and and move everything up. You know, just stack that top six. Where are we at now? Uh, Chicago, Max Domi, and Andreas Athanasiu. I think we're going to be talking about these guys as streamers. Max Domi, I don't know. You know, he wasn't playing in a very loud role in Carolina, and I think Chicago's ripe for the picking. So even Andreas Athanasiu, I think, is probably going to see some top-line time. Both these guys can be sneaky top-line guys that, you know, just go off for three weeks. So I'm going to be on, on these guys for streamers for sure whenever Chicago has really good weeks. Dynasty outlook, it's, it's short-term, so I don't mind having either of them. I think they're going to be slightly productive. I think both their values kind of went up a little bit going to Chicago on a personal level. As far as Domi and Athanasiu go, though, like, where do you really see them? 
they bolstering the bottom six in a crap on a crap ass team no, like Chicago. But I think like, it, it gives them time. I think they're top six guys now because they don't have anybody else because it is that crap ass team. You know, you don't have to look to Kurashev and Taylor Radish as top six players anymore. You could put Athanasiu and, and Max Domi in there and you don't have to put Lucas Reichel in there. Can take your time with those guys. Maybe I think you might as well put Lucas Reichel in there. If if I want him playing next to anybody, I want him playing next to Patrick Kane. Max Domi ain't gonna be able to play next to Patrick Kane. No. It's not fast enough. He doesn't play the same he doesn't play the same kind of game that Kane plays. Athanasiu definitely is. I think Athanasiu could. Yes. I think that Athanasiu across the ice from Patrick Kane is interesting. But having Max Domi anywhere in that top six, I don't see it. Because, you know, I don't see him as the top forward or the top center. Jonathan Taze isn't going down to the bottom six. Yeah. Unless they move off these players. And you also, we have to assume that Chicago is going to try to win games. So, I I, I don't know. I'm not pretending to, to know what they're going to do. I mean, they might be trying to draft a really good center next year. Yeah. I think that's what they're after here. Uh, Colorado keeps Arturi Lekkanen. They keep Josh Manson. That brings us to Dallas, where we got our boy, Mason Marchment. Um, tough few weeks for him. He lost his dad, uh, gets signed in Dallas. Florida just didn't have the money to keep him. I'm curious, what do you guys think? Mason Marchment had a pretty solid year, like a really under-the-radar year last year. And going into Dallas, you know, he's a young kid. You know, Dallas is, is seen as old just because Jamie Benn is there. Kid's 27, but, you know, they're adding a almost point-per-game player to their to their lineup now 47 points in 54 games they're like old young right because they then they have on the flip side they do have your heiskanen and robertson and ottinger and that so i i love it i didn't realize marchment was was that old i, I knew he wasn't a young fella but that's that's i think it's a big uptick for him i think he's gonna if he finds himself on a decent line which i think he will I do also just in terms of Dallas, I think um, Sagan's going to have a big, bigger bounce back than than a lot of people think because um, those kind of injuries often take like a really long time to get back together. Yeah, full so, year. Yeah, we saw it with Giroux too. I think if Sagan comes back to form a bit, I mean he's he's in and around thirty, so he's not old, but he's not young. Ben is what he is. He's just a big oaf out there, but. Uh, I think with Sagan coming back, and, and I think it's a great move. Marchman is dual eligible, correct? He plays left wing and right wing. Gurianov, get the fuck out of here. Nah, I, I got Jamie Ben out of there. Uh, they, they've been, they leaned on Ben more than I thought they were going to last year, which showed me they kind of wanted him in that top six. Now, if you take him out, if you, if you take Ben out, I'd be fine with that too. But I just see them sticking with Ben more than Gurianov. But I mean, I could definitely be wrong. You think they want to keep Sagan and Ben together? I don't know. I hate the idea of it because I like Marchment's potential more than what we've seen out of Jamie Ben. I don't think there's much or anything left in Jamie Ben's tank. And if Sagan is going to have this bounce back season, I think he's got to have, you know, some energy on his line and Marchment can bring that. So I got Marchment firmly in the middle six. You know, if if Jamie Ben's not doing the right things, then Marchment moves up. It's going to be Ben's spot to lose, but Marchment's going to wind up with that spot. Yeah, I think so. Marchment, he he's no tiny guy either. He's a PBFG. It's a pretty big he's a pretty big fucking guy. All right, next up we got Detroit. They did quite a bit. They added David Perron, Dominic Kubelik, Andrew Kopp, Ben Sherratt. You know, not the biggest fan of the Ben Sherratt thing, but 
they added a body to their def- defense. David Perron, Dominic Kubelik, Andrew Kopp. What are you guys' takes on what happens here? Well, I'm going to draft Kubelik in one pick here in round 21. Mm-hmm. My last pick. There we go. I actually don't mind Sherratt, not for fantasy, but for the team. I think it's going to be helpful to the team. He's a defender. I, I like Ben Sherratt. I don't, I don't hate him. He bangs, yeah. He bangs. The way I have it up on Daily Faceoff, his line two is Verona, Cop, and Perron. Yeah, I don't hate it. I kind of like that line, which would have Lark and Bertuzzi Raymond. I kind of like a lot. You can really mix and match a whole bunch of these. Uh, and, and that top, you know, I think it's more of a top nine now. They're going to be able to roll lines definitely a little more. If it were up to me, I would keep the top line the way it is as they've shown that they can carry a line and carry offense. But it was, you know, the middle six that was the problem. And they took a huge fucking step forward with that middle six. Huge step. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I'll say this, I think they are a bunch of streamers, at least to start. Um, other than, you know, obviously that top line and Andrew Kopp are all, you know, draftable, holdable players. Perron, yeah. I'd put Perron in there too. But all around that, and even that third line of Kubalik, Suter, and Sedina, I think Sedina ha- is, in, is in line for a breakout, especially if he is that second line right winger instead of David Perron. I think Sedina with the line with the Verona and Cop is just as interesting, if not more to me. Got like eight really good forwards now and not a bad D. They can mix and match. Yeah, they can actually, you know, shuffle some things around. That's what I'm saying. They can actually roll lines a little more and figure stuff out on the fly. Like they couldn't do that before because they didn't have the personnel. Fantasy wise, a big thing to keep an eye on is now they've just moved into the two power play situation potentially. So that'll be something to keep an eye on who ends up getting the consistent uh, top line power play time. I think Bertuzzi is getting bumped off. I think Zadina is getting bumped off. Perron, I mean, he's a, he's a top power play guy. He was fifth in the league last year in power play points per 60. Fifth. Kucherov, Panarin, McDavid, Chris Kreider, the only forwards who scored more. The only skaters who scored more. Wow. So David Perron being on that power play is going to take that power play to a new level, potentially. And, and I think that's a boost for everybody across the board. We've been banging the table for... You know, a Dylan Larkin bounce back. This could very well spur that. Um, David Braun, just such a great, great pickup from them. And I think it was only two years that he got signed for. So really low risk, huge reward. I love the Braun pickup. Kubelik, you know, he can fire shots too, but he is, you know, he's suited for a third line there. I think another nice thing about Perron is uh, he's not young, but he is fast, and he's. I think his game will fit in even with the with the younger guys. And if Larkin can't get it together with this lineup now, he's got no excuses left. So I think he's gonna he's gonna have a good, uh, better season than he's had. Yeah, kind of the one we've all been waiting for. I think this will be it. No, I'm pretty bullish on um, on Dylan Larkin this year. I think that power play is gonna pop off. Like David mm-hmm. Braun is just me too. He's good. Good for that team. Andrew Kopp is the second line center. That's a calming presence right there. He's good in all three zones. Um, going to work on your penalty kill. Going to help that. Something fierce. So I like that. In St. Louis, Pavel Buchnevich moves up to the left wing spot. Uh, Rob Tom and Vladimir Tarasenko, as DFO has it right now. Uh, the rest of your top six, Brandon Saad, Ryan O'Reilly, Jordan Kiru. It's not too bad. I mean, David Perron definitely looks better there than Brandon Saad, but... Uh, 
Buchnevich is is a lock for um top left wing right now. This is now Robert Thomas's team. Yeah, he just he got re up too, like eight times eight, pretty much. Fuck yeah, he did. For good reason, because Rob Rob Thomas is awesome. According to DFO, anyways, uh, I haven't I don't haven't seen an update on this, but they say they're looking to sign Thomas Grice. They did. I don't know if they have or not yet. Yeah, they, they did. did. Yeah. I think that means back to uh, big Bennington minutes. Yeah, it's the Bennington show. So we got a volume starter now. Gross, but okay. Good. He can stop crying. <laughs> Just fight somebody. Fight somebody already. Edmonton, big moves, man. Big boy moves. They got uh, Jack Campbell five times five, you know, which is five hundred thousand dollars more than Matt Murray will be making in Toronto. Bought two extra years, so that one, um, I guess, it came down to term that Toronto didn't want Jack Campbell, and they would they would rather have Matt Murray. So that is a sentence that you can say. <laughs> 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 Why? What? Yeah. Aren't you excited? So weird, man. So weird. Keeping in mind that we're still on Edmonton and we haven't at, made it to Toronto he, yet. At least he's going to be the backup goalie. Who? He's going to be the backup Who? goalie, right? Mm, Matt Murray? He's going to be the IR goalie and Samsonov's going to be the starter. Going to be the IR plus. I think six weeks in, they're going to be looking for a goalie still is what's going to happen. Tough. Edmonton also signed Kane. Yep. Yep. They got Evander Kane back. Yeah. They re-signed Kane. I th- I think that's actually their biggest yeah. move. Great now, for I, Kane. Now, I like the Jack Campbell move, but I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I totally believe in Jack Campbell. However, I can say that there are other goalies on Edmonton that I certainly do not believe it. Yeah. Right. Mike Smith, you know, long-term IR going to, might not even play. So they're running with Campbell and Stuart Skinner. Uh, Kulak resigned. So, you know, he was a pretty good effect on their defense. Um, let's talk about Campbell first here, but I, I think he's going to be seeing a lot of minutes. He's going to be getting a lot of minutes. He was really good last mm-hmm. year in the first half. Um, and then the second half, Toronto's offense really bad. It masked it. Like he had a really kind of sterling record, but the stats weren't there to back it up in the second half. First half, he was great. You know, all-star level Mm -hmm. shit. Is this guy going to win the Vezina type of season? Um, And then the second half pretty much put a stopper to that, but we'll see which Jack Campbell we get. Uh, I think he's, he's moving to a team that, doesn't have the defense that Toronto does, but has just as good, if not better, offense to support him. So that's worth saying. I think um, I think it was a big move for them. Really big move. I think it's great. I think it's good for Campbell. I think it's good for Edmonton because we all know what they have been working with. It's been the worst, the worst tandem. Other than Smith will have like three games of like 970 in a row and then just be terrible for six months, but... Yeah. I think uh, Cam- Campbell's going to be excited that he's known as an emotional guy, right, Campbell? And he puts everything on himself. And Toronto just never gave him any type of confidence other than when he was playing over his head. But that was when he was also supposed to be the backup to Morazic. You know, like Toronto just treated him like shit. I think he's going to come in with a big chip on his shoulder. It's his first real chance to be a starter. I don't know. I, I feel like... Anyone who gets traded to play with McDavid and Drysidle just sees that and goes, "I'm fucking stoked to be here," and is going to perform. So mm-hmm. I'd be I'd be looking at uh, Campbell as a as a goalie this year, particularly wins wise. 
he's going to be stoked until he has Tyson Berry in front of him <laughs> on a two-on-one. And then he's going to be less stoked. But yeah, we'll we'll see. Well, goalies don't get to see much of Tyson Berry anyways. He's never around the net or anything. So, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm stoked on Evander Kane here. Big time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I want big pieces of Evander Kane for sure. He had, what, 17 points in 12 games playing with them? Just in the playoffs. Florida didn't do much. They lost more than they, they brought in. Uh, they got Colin White and think that's it they lost Giroux so we should see like Duclair or somebody move up into that that top six on the wings uh Sam Reinhardt's got his spot back and they lost Marchman yeah they lost Marchman too he spent some time in the top six you know I I think Duclair is gonna get that bump obviously playing with uh somebody in that top six so that's what it is LA didn't do too much they brought back Edler they brought back Lemieux Kevin Fiala was kind of their big offseason move Minnesota mm-hmm. not too much they lost Cam Talbot to Ottawa um and Ottawa is coming up so we're gonna we're gonna break down that one but what I like in Minnesota is Fleury doesn't have Talbot behind him so I think there's gonna be huge volume there uh, their backup is Philip Gustafson so you're looking at big big numbers for for flurry you know there's certain worry that he's going to get overdrafted but i think you look at minnesota one of the best defenses in the league mark andre flurry one of the sturdiest you know renowned goalies that you could possibly have i see a match made in heaven here i think i think it's going to be really good i love it with that backup i think it's a kind of situation where like flurry gets to pick his nights off kind of thing as opposed to like fighting with another should be you know Talbot should be a a number one and Mm -hmm. that was just an awkward situation to say the least so I think there's that gone too Flurry's had a couple of years of being treated like shit even though he's Flurry so I think this is going to be another one where the talent and the attitude are going to line up real nice I think Flurry is one of my favorite goalies actually going into this year I, I agree with both of you guys. Man, I hate saying that kind of thing, but I agree with both of you guys. Now you're giving thumbs up the whole time. It's great. <laughs> I gave you two thumbs up. I I, th- I think that Flurry this year is a fantastic play. I love I love the point that you made with you know Gustafsson being his backup. He's not going to see a lot of time. Flurry is going to see so much bulk, and it's not just their defense. They do have a very good defense. They also have a good offensive defense. Mm. Like they play team defense, is what I'm getting at. Everybody plays defense. They suppress shots. They're fantastic. And they have, you know, flashy breakout players. I love the wild and the moves they made. Montreal didn't do too much. They signed uh, Uri Slavkowski to his ELC. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, solid chance that he could play. It would be the first Slovakian to jump straight to the NHL, I think. Uh, New Jersey Devils um, didn't do a lot. Uh, Jesper Bratt is still without a contract at this point, so that's an RFA they need to, to uh, nail down. They did get Eric Halla slots pretty perfectly into that 3C role. I think that's easy enough. We'll wait and see. I think they're going to look a lot better once they get JT Miller. No, God, please, no, no, no. Eric Halla is a perfect person to be on New Jersey. Yeah. Because I'm going to hate him. He's gonna he's gonna single handedly make me hate Jersey again, <laughs> and I and I kind of like Jersey lately, but he's gonna change that for me. Thank you, Eric Hollow. Did Nashville sign a backup, or are they running with uh, Ingram this year? I guess they're running with Ingram. 
Redditch went to Winnipeg. Yeah, I think so. I haven't heard anything otherwise. Yeah, it looks like it. Nashville, I mean, they kept Forsberg, so that was their move. Done. New York Islanders didn't do shit. New York Rangers, big one here, man. Vincent Trocheck. This for fantasy, I think this might be my favorite move of the day. Love it. Um, super reasonable contract. There's a lot of term there, but the kid's pretty young. You know, not young, young, but he's, he, you know, seven years isn't bankrupting you. Second line center next to Panarin, that's huge. You know, Strom was on the top power play. Trocek could very well jump straight onto that top power play. He's not going to get net front. That's Kreider's bread and butter, honestly. So we'll see what happens with Trocek. Maybe he's a power play two victim, and maybe they're ready to move Lafreniere up there. That's my one worry about Trocek, but... Even strength exposure to Panarin is is honestly, that's huge. Huge. If I had more than two thumbs, I'd be putting more thumbs up. That's what she said. This one's, this one's huge. That's what she said. They stick Zibanejad and Kreider together. He is going to be playing with Panarin. Now that, you know, it kind of sucks for Philip Hedl because he just had that, you know, breakout kind of playoffs where you thought, hey, he's going to see some you know, this is going to be a make or break year kind of for Philip Heedle. And that's maybe not going to happen now, being down on that 3C, playing with the sling. Well, not yet. Know, Sammy Blay. Not yet. But shit. Vincent Trocek's a power forward. He's going to start, you know, running out of gas pretty soon. And I think that's going to be a perfect time for Trocek to take 3C, Philip Heedle to move up. And it's honestly, it's great for Heedle's development, I think, too. So he's going to pay his dues on the third line. As soon as Trocek starts sputtering, showing signs of that power forward aging, then uh, it's perfect time to swap. And I, I, you know, I think this is a great move. I, you know, they covered all the angles here. They're gonna be. Good. I need Trocek to play on the top power play. I do. I don't know that that's gonna happen though, my man. Same thing we were saying in Florida. Same thing in Carolina. <laughs> it's true. He's always this on that cusp, right? Yeah. What do you guys think about? I mean, Lafreniere and Kako as basically their right winger options. Who do you think is going to be playing with who there? Assuming they both start to actually play hockey, which it seemed like they were doing at the end of the year. I got Lafreniere on the top line. Kako on the second. No real bad spot to be, honestly. So Yeah, great top six. So Could be a little uptick for those two guys as streamers this year as well. True. A lot of people have been turned off over the last two years of not doing anything. So, so let's break down Trocek. We've seen Trocek next to Huberdeau. On the second power play, he's about a 55-point guy. Same thing in Carolina. That's kind of what he's been doing. Their their power play wasn't, you know, the tits last year. So who knows? But what do you think? 55, 60 points if Trocek's on power play two. We're talking 70, 75, maybe more if he's on power play one. I was I was prepared. I thought this was going to be an over-under conversation, and I was prepared to take the over no matter what you said. Yeah, you like it that much, eh? I was prepared to quickly say over. Well, we saw what happened to Cop when he went there, right? He just took right off. So Yeah, there was like three games where he didn't score. I think Trocek's like a better version of that. I think he's going to fit in. I think he's going to fit in real well. like that one there. Uh, they picked up Yaroslav Halak as their backup uh, to take over for Georgiev. So I think we see even more volume for Shosturkin. That's going to be huge. For him, Ottawa, the next team on deck, they pick up Claude Giroux. They acquire Cam Talbot in a trade, the one we talked about to Minnesota. Cam Talbot is a starter. That's what he does. We're looking at like 55 games for him. Forsberg, I was pretty stoked on Forsberg. I thought he was going to be a good goalie, kind of like sneaky late round value. 
but now Talbot is there. You just got him in the 12th in the first mock, like immediately after. So I think we're still looking at Cam Talbot as a value goalie. And I think, you know, if he's in the double digit rounds there, I'm targeting Cam Talbot for sure. Especially Cam Talbot is like your number two goalie. He would be a fantastic number two. Now, I don't know if I want him as my, you know, number one goalie, but fantastic number two. Love it. Claude Giroux now. Daily Faceoff, I think, has him on the second power play. I wonder if that's... Don't buy it. Yeah, I don't buy it either. Um, we were talking with the Debrinkat trade that, you know, one of Stutzler or Batherson is going to get dropped off. Now they add somebody like Claude Giroux, who is an excellent distributor on the power play. He's great at faceoffs for that second option if, jo- you know, Josh Norris can't do it. Mm-hmm. He's a top power play guy to me. So that sucks for Batherson. That sucks for Stutzler. But now we're in, Ottawa has a genuine power play two. We're going to see some Jake Sanderson. That power play two is not going to be bad. We're going to see Batherson's totals take a hit. We're going to see Stutzler's ceiling kind of get capped a little bit. But Claude Giroux going there, they have a mean top six right now. And it's it's impressive. It's really impressive. Ottawa is killing it right now. Well, they got a really great top six. Other than Shabbat, they don't really have it too much in the way of offensive D. Like they have a very defensive D core outside of Shabbat, who is pretty defensive himself. He's everything. He plays everything. So it'll be it will be interesting to see how they work the power play because they have six, definitely six power play forwards, and then they also have Formington and Connor Brown. I like looking at this lineup sheet. This is great. I love this. Uh, but yeah, I think Giroux's in. In he's a great pickup this year for sure. I'm not, I'm I'm happy to get any of those top six guys. To be honest, that's right. Yeah, it's weird to say that, but yeah, Ottawa is going to be a gold mine. I think this year. Uh, I think all those top six guys are getting drafted. There are a lot of teams getting better. So who's getting worse, man? Well, it's time to talk about Philly. <laughs> Segway. Uh, they added Nicholas Delorier and Justin Braun. Yep. That's what happened. Delorier is going to bang. I think he's got like eight goals in his fucking career. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. So, all right. Uh, what do you guys feel about uh, Couturier coming back this year? I mean, it's great. The biggest question I have is what the fuck are we doing backup goalie? You know, Fedotov needs to go to the military or some shit. So, that, you know, mm-hmm. he got black bagged and... I don't know what we're doing. Martin Jones got signed off to Seattle, which is, I don't know if he's going to be the third goalie behind Grubauer and Drieger, but um, weird. I mean, DFO has it as sandstorm right now. It's really weird that losing Jones makes your team worse. I hate that. That's the state of Philly. I'm very sorry. I'm I'm legitimately sorry about that. But I don't know. I'm hoping Couturier coming back plus towards gets Konechny going. That's my my real hope for Philly. I just want to see Konechny be the guy I, I hoped he'd be a few years ago when I drafted him 17 leagues or whatever. No, I think, you know, we top out as like a Montreal. We have a bunch of 40, 50, 60, maybe point players, but I don't think there's any, oh yeah, I really want to get my hands on this guy in fantasy. So it's going to be weird. I, I see maybe Couturier being the only one drafted. Um, a lot of our mocks so far, nobody's touching Carter Hart right now. So he'll be out on the waiver wire in 12 team leagues. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Like, I, th- I, I do think he is a good goalie, but this 
what do you do, right? Like, you move on. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about Philly anymore. In Pittsburgh, you know, Malkin, they keep Raquel. They're losing Danton Heinen, and they're losing um, Evan Rodriguez. So they're going to hit the open market. They did not get signed yet. Keep an eye out for those guys. San Jose picks up Oscar Lindblom, landed on his feet almost immediately after Philly buys him out and then doesn't get Johnny Gaudreau. So fun stuff. Seattle, the team that you are stoked to you're getting stoked on these guys, aren't you, Zach? Yeah, man. I'm like, I'm telling you, like, I uh, by the end of this year, I'm gonna have a Seattle Kraken jersey. Will it be a Burakovsky? I don't know, but I love Burakovsky. I like as soon as as soon as I saw he signed with them, it's like, hey, I just I keep on liking the Kraken more and more. You know, again, looking at this lineup, they have lots of players to like. They, I think, they lack a superstar, obviously, but I mean, they got the young guys we know about, Beniers and. Um, right, and now they got Burakovsky, and their D is actually because they invested heavily in D uh, in the the initial draft they had, um, but now they've got like Adam Larson, Vince Dunn, Alexiak, no Giordano, no. They just they just drafted a superstar. Is what they did. Same thing I said when they put the initial lineup together was they're going to be very good defensively and have no offense, and then they turned out to be one of the prime teams to stream from for the first couple of months last year. Yeah, the Seattle streamers. Seattle streamers. I think I think it's going to be a similar situation. Well, this is more of a Zach question. Are you going to draft Burakovsky? He would be a late round draft pick. But the whole thing is, I don't think that you're going to have to, you know, spend a decently high draft pick on him. I think you'll be able to pick up a Bur- Burakovsky in the, you know, 16th or later round. I wouldn't be surprised just because people are going to still be scared of the whole Seattle thing. Until they see what happens, they're going to be scared of it. So I don't think that any of these players are really going to be drafted, except you know for the the you know the deepest of leagues, and that's just I, I think that's the truth. Lots of good streamers, lots of good streamers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're a team full of streamers. You can pick any of these guys. I guarantee you, you know any of them would be able to go off. And Andre Burakovsky is gonna you know you better get out there and shoot, boy. They got lots of money right now too. Seattle still has like uh, what 10k or 10 million, so they could they could go get a Kadri, Patrick Kane. They could get a Patrick Kane. Yeah, I mean they could turn it around, but I think they're they're being just as patient. So they're they're being real savvy with the guys that they're signing and and that whole thing. So it's going to be a uh, a patience project. St. Louis, not much here. They lost Perron. Alliteration. Nick Letty reups. Nola Shari. Nick Thomas Grice. Rob Tom reups. We're looking at pretty much the same team minus Perron. And we talked about Bushnevich. Uh Tampa Bay Lightning. They they signed Sergachev, Sorelli, and Chernak all to eight-year deals. Yeah. And then they signed Vlad Nemestikov to a one-year deal. So I don't know if he's gonna be in the middle six somewhere, if it's Brandon Hagel on that second line with Sorelli, you know, whoever, but all they have is a top line now. Stamkos point, Kucherov, and then you got Killorn, Sorelli. You know, what are you going to do? Nemestikov? They're still going to be fantastic. They're going to be great, no doubt. Like, they have that top power play all intact. Anthony Sorelli is that good. He's a better real hockey player than fantasy hockey player, but I still love him. You know, he is great for a hockey team. Yeah. Could not keep Palat. That's going to be tough. Um, We'll see where he ends up. Toronto, they got Ilya Samsonov today. I thought that was a really savvy pick, you know, considering Matt Murray... As a history with injuries, you got somebody who's capable of starting. 
to back up when he needs to start. Uh, they also got Nicholas Aube Kubel, and I read one of the funniest tweets today. Uh, Zach, it's going to hurt your feelings, but Nick Aube Kubel felt so bad about denting the Stanley Cup this year that he went to a team where he knows he's never going to have to touch it again. <laughs> <laughs> when did they get Adam Goddett? I didn't know they had Goddett. Yeah, they did that too, yeah. Well, Jeez. you remember last year where they had like 14 players that were all trying out for two spots? Right. I think they're doing that again. Because they got like Nick Batan, they got um, Dennis Malgan, they got a bunch of guys that are all going to vie for two spots. You know, and they'll pick the best out of them. Last year it was Nick Ritchie. Yeah, exactly. Nick Robertson this year, I think that's a little bit better than Nick Ritchie. Remember the Joe Thornton days? Oh, yeah. Streaming him. All right, Rod, your turn. You got Ilya Mikheyev. You got Colin Delia is going to back up Demko. So I expect even more volume for Demko now, which is crazy. But Mikheyev, man, you got him, you know, in your middle six. You got that guy Kuzmenko. So we'll see what I think between those two guys, you have your top six forward. One of those two guys. Yeah, we picked up Miss the laser as well. Don't forget. Who? Curtis Lazar. Curtis oh, okay. Laser. The key is just what happens with Miller. And now the Canucks are still saying they're not trying to trade him and blah, blah, blah. So that's the thing. If they have to trade him or not sign him or whatever, you're not replacing that guy. He's such a weird combo, right? He's what? He, 99 points. So you consider him a 90, 90 to 100 point player, maybe. 85 to 95 i'd guess but, for sure yeah um he's also tough as shit he, he's like over two hits a game for your number one c that's a not bad but he's also he's like the guy who makes the team go like he's an asshole he's gives everything on every shift so i think that's why i've been so adamant that we just can't let him go because he's not just a 90 point 100 point player he's um like he's the heart and soul of the team like Pedersen picked it up at the second half of the year but he's he's more of a passenger to be honest like Miller runs that team so if we keep him I love our top six I outwardly said if we lose JT Miller I'm an Ottawa fan now <laughs> Ottawa getting lots of fans this offseason the huge thing is if Kuzmenko uh can handle that um second line right wing spot and yet garland horvat kuzmenko and then our third line has pod colson and mikhaev on it who that might actually work those two because they're they're like third line guys who can put the puck in the net and just cause shit so all around still got hoglander so you know there's there's plenty to backfill if jt miller does go not to mention like what you might get in a jt miller trade True. It's just you're gonna get something. You're, you're not gonna get anyone as good as JT Miller, though. That's the that's the problem. True. Fair enough. Yeah. It could be better in two or three years if we trade him, but I'm today Raj, and I want JT Miller. But <laughs> the main thing I'm happy about is that he didn't go anywhere. I hope Mikheyev does come through. And picturing him on a line with Pod Coles, and I don't know about Dickinson being that center though. And don't want Lazar as that center either. So. You know, I think Mikheyev was in a better position in Toronto unless he moves up. Mikheyev and Horvat and Garland, that's a pretty fast, interesting line, though. So I have, I have more questions than answers after after the Mikheyev signing. But How about the Delia signing? I mean, do we see 60 games plus out of Demko? Yes. I think Six, so, too. 65. 65 for sure. I think Demko is going to be huge this year. He wants to play every game and... The one thing that we don't have in Vancouver is defensive defensemen. 
So Demko gets a lot of shots on top of a lot of games. And even with the Canucks having a pretty bunk year, you know, he was easily, he was a top five goalie still, right? In in fantasy, just because of the bulk. And he is good, even if he doesn't get the wins. But Well, you might like this one. Ily Mikheyev had his list down to eight teams and picked the Canucks over teams that wanted to pay him more. So he wants to play for you. There's nice mountains here. And that's good to hear, I guess. Vegas, they lost more than they gained. Um, they literally gave up Dylan Coglin and uh, Max Pacioretty for nothing. Uh, Vegas is in a weird spot. Winnipeg got David Riddich, who is a, a backup that's more than capable of shouldering some of the workload that Connor Hellebuck has had to face over the years. So we'll see if, if we get less volume out of Hellebuck, I don't know, but that's like my initial reaction is like maybe Riddick can play more games than Comrie, who went to Buffalo, by the way. I don't like the vibe coming out of Winnipeg at all. It's weird. Yeah, I just, the team, I don't know. I don't like the team at all. And uh, having a, a guy who can take some of the burden off Hellebuck so he doesn't have to put up with the pain every night, I think he might actually take a little dip and in games played and i think the team is going to see an even bigger dip in wins i'm i think unfortunately he's definitely not the number two goalie in the league anymore i'll tell you that in my in my opinion i heard uh brent burns went in the fourth round in this most recent mock i don't know is is burns like a top five round pick right now put up 54 points in 82 games last year and san san jose is not good so i wonder is he a 60 point d yeah i think 55 is fair to bet the over I would guarantee he does better than last year. I don't think he's going to go all the way back to his MVP type seasons, but I think he's going to be good. I do not approve of a fourth round pick. <laughs> he does not get hurt either. He's missed like two games in the last eight years. It's ridiculous. All I was saying was I, I would prefer to have a Tony D'Angelo for the same price who's 11 years younger. That That was my whole thing. Now, Brent Burns, I, I think he's going to do just fine uh, this year, but it's moving forward. We'll see. I think I might I might take Burns right now. If you're talking about the Carolina Hurricanes, like the actual team, who they would rather have on their team, maybe. But uh, fantasy, I think I'm, I like Brent Burns right now. Washington, the last team in the list here. They got Darcy Kemper, big one. They got Charlie Lindgren as their backup. We're going to see... We're going to see Kemper try to take on volume again. A lot of Darcy Kemper. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy. That's my biggest worry here. Washington is not going to be in a good spot if, if Kemper's hurt, you know, once a month. One thing that will be good for Kemper, though, is he won't have that constant worry of, you know, looking over his shoulder because it was obvious that, you know, Colorado was never really 100% in on him. And Washington obviously is. You know, it's not like he has someone right behind him that he has to worry about, you know, coming and taking his job. I think, yeah, there there is that certain breath of fresh air there. But I don't know. I think Kemper was always the 1A, but they had a capable 1B, whereas now in Washington, you don't. This is a backup that you hope you don't have to play, Charlie Lindgren. So Kemper is going to he's going to play every game that he can, except for back-to-backs. So I don't know. A lot of guys on Washington – run the risk of being injured a lot. They got a lot of guys who are aging. You got the Tom Wilson might get suspended situation. The Oshie might get injured. The fuck even Ovi went down this year. 
that never happens. So Washington is a, I think Kemper is an awesome, awesome upgrade from their tandem last year. I think definitely better than both of those guys, but, um, all rests on health. Yeah. I think all of Washington really rests on health. I mean, who, I mean, True, yeah. everyone in that top six has been injured in the last couple of years, I think. So, and then well, we're still waiting to see what happens with Backstrom, right? If he comes back or not, uh, they picked up, what's his name? Connor Brown today too. So that looks to shore up their third line. I would guess maybe over a Connor Sherry. How cool would it be if they, if they move Lars Eller down, they had Connor McMichael, Connor Brown and Connor Sherry just on the Connor line. Still wouldn't equal Connor McDavid. That would be fun. I just had to say, but Um, they have, they have more Connors, so it's quality, <laughs> sure. quantity over quality here. <laughs> that, quantity that'll over, be our running yeah. tally this year. See if the three Connors can equal the one Connor. Now we'll see if you can do it. I would probably still take Wink David. Fuck. Yeah. I would take it on a double handicap. All right, that's it for the breakdowns, guys. One last bet here at the end of the show. New face, new place. Who has the most improved season, fantasy-wise? <sighs> Trocheck. I think that I think that two C in New York is going to be huge for him. It's just not the same second line that he had in Carolina. It's way it's just way more talent. What about you, Raj? Um I'm scanning the seventy five players we just talked about. They got moved today. <laughs> it's been a huge day. Fucking huge day. I think that's definitely one of them. That's probably it. Um and I mean, fuck, it's just the same thing I've said over and over and we've all said over and over is Detroit and Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, those two teams got the best. But single player, I think I think you're right. Uh, I think uh, Trocek's probably the one. I got Trocek and just to make Zach mad, I think Brent Burns. I mean, if Tony D can put up 51 points in like 70 games, imagine what Burns can do. So I think I'm, I'm heavy on Burns here. I think that's going to be a good one. Trocek, if he gets power play one, like watch out. That's going to be huge. I don't know that Giroux does better. You know, Debrinket used to have Kane. Now he's got Giroux. Both are hundred point players, you know, at one point in their careers. So I like Giroux there too. Maybe Cam Talbot. I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of really good um, options here. Maybe Flurry by way of proxy. I do like the Talbot one. I'm sticking with my Trocheck. All right, guys, we will, we'll be back next week. I think next Tuesday, we're dropping an episode for you guys where we're going to start our divisional preview, starting it off in the central, going to be talking St. Louis, Nashville, Dallas, and Winnipeg. I don't know. Just looking at that lineup, I'm happy to get that one out of the way quick. So I was just going to say, you know, it's a list of my <laughs> least favorite teams right there. I think the next one, like Colorado and Minnesota carry that one, but the team previews are always, yeah, fun. we're going to have, oh, a good yeah. time. they're still fun. So let us know what you guys want to hear. Throw us a line at uh, FHF hockey on Twitter. If you guys want us to bring up anything specific in the team previews, but uh, if not, we'll catch you next time. Uh, Bye. Love you. Love you. Love you.